Hello, welcome to another episode of Lunar Poetry Shorts. I'm Lizzie Palmer and today I'll be chatting with poet and performer Brian Baker, who has joined me here at Lunar Podcast HQ on a beautiful May day. Hello, Brian. Hello. <laughs> it is a lovely day, so there are people outside shouting at each other, running around and drilling. Um, so if that makes it onto the recording... Hopefully it'll just add an air of summer joviality and ambiance. So, uh, to begin, Brian, I'd like to have your first poem, if that's okay. Thank you. It's called A Central Character Complains About His Author. The man in a trench coat enters a room on the first floor of a cheap hotel. It's dark, can't see a thing. There are two shots. That's all, no screen. A scream would be nice. A woman's, I think, would strike the right note. I dash into the room. It's empty and the window's open. Nice touch, that. I gave her the thought. It's not a thing she would come up with. Her plots are pretty sloppy these days. I figure the bad guys use a fire escape, so I jump through the window and fall. No fire escape. See what I mean? Smack into a big wheelie bin. She's going through a gritty realism phase. I've had to put up with this crap last four novels. As I climb out, light slides across the red brick wall. The car veers toward me. I jump and it misses. Now that's cinematic. She made an effort there. So to the last chapter. A big beef of mine is, I never get to sleep with a girl. It's inferred, sure, so what? I think she gets jealous. It's tricky with femme fatales anyway. In her novels, most get bumped off or taken to jail. Get one on the side of the angels, this happens. I've been brave, tough as hell, and quite brilliant. I walk into her room. Blanche is in bed. She smiles a beautiful smile and throws back the duvet. She's naked. Turn the page and what does it say? The end? One more paragraph? Is that so much to ask? Thank you. (laughs) Um, So... This will be interesting for me, actually, because I've seen you perform a lot of times, but never actually spoken to you very much about your work itself, how you do it, um, what inspires you and things like that. So um, I'm hoping that this will be an interesting chat for us both. Um, So I'm just wondering, to start with, uh, when you began writing poetry um, and how did it come about? Um, It was just a, a gradual thing, God, uh, must be 19 years ago, and then I wrote for a while, and then I stopped, and then there's always something that I was interested in, but never quite got, Mm -hmm. and then about four years later, I started writing again, and then the engine got running, and I just kept going. You couldn't shake it off. <laughs> yeah, that's one way. <laughs> um, so do you now have a consistent writing process? Uh, and if so, has this changed very much over the time that you have been writing? Uh, process, do you mean like the mode of creating? Yeah. Um, it, I guess there's two modes. One is I get the idea and that's great. It's almost like a, a free poem and it just starts... Uh, writing itself mm-hmm. and you've just got to knock it into shape <coughs> the uh, the other thing is um, when no ideas are coming and there's that itch to write and yet 
got nothing to write about. So when that happens, I just start writing and just anything, just rubbish. There's a white wall, the window, the trees there. And just keep writing and then mm. maybe something happens and then just keep writing and writing and then try and find something inside that. Well, that's, there's something there. I can do something with that and then try and build that up, expand it and then cut it back yeah. to there's something and then let that expand and then, and then something emerges but that's a, it's a long process mm. but um and it's aggravating but when no ideas are coming that's the way to to get writing yeah i think that's the important thing actually isn't it when you have those times to just keep writing anything even if it's just rubbish or train of thought um and then yeah hopefully something or that will lead on to something else um yeah i think they're like um it's a bit like exercise uh say push-ups that say you don't if you have a long break then maybe you can only do a few and then um but the more you do it the more you can do and i think it you know, gets the brain working yeah. more receptive to ideas that maybe you pass by if you're not writing so yeah much. definitely no i think that's um something that a lot of writers seem to to go through in natural sort of cycle of starting and stopping but yeah, I think if you leave the gaps too long, then you can sort of easily let it go for a bit too long. I mean, I find that anyway. <laughs> it's good to just keep writing any old rubbish in between. Um, it's good to to just keep on doing the actual writing. That's what you do as a writer. You, you well, write. <laughs> if you're not writing. <laughs> um, so maybe on that note, we could have your second poem. Well, actually, um, you know, he's asking about things are starting uh, and I was in the park saw this bloke come flouncing around without his uh, shirt on kicking a ball in front of his mates and he'd obviously been to the gym a lot and wanted to show off so that's one of those kind of free ideas so this is was the start of fitness when I saw Tommy he looked like a Greek god I said oh mate you look like a Greek god he said, I know, I've been working out, you should try it. I said, no what, I think I will, and I did. Nothing extreme, took stairs rather than the lift, and every day did two push-ups, with the rest between each one. I didn't want to get too strong, and I didn't, nor did I become godlike. But after a month, I did look Greek, which I don't mind. It's just that I'm subjected to lectures on fiscal prudence now. The other day, a vast sum was paid into my account. The institution that made the payment has the impression I'll pay it all back with interest. But times being what they are, it can go fuck itself. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, how long have you been performing your poetry? Um, about nine years. Yeah, about that. That's a bit long. A good chunk of the time that you've been writing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how uh, have you noticed that that has had much impact on on your write, your actual writing itself? Um, I mean, do you find that you you sort of approach it in a different way with performing in mind? Or no, I don't. But I think it is um, a good thing to do this. I do a lot. I enjoy it. I don't know what I'm gesturing with my hands. <laughs> 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 but, um, 
think um, when you do that, it kind of makes um, well, makes me think, oh, well, yeah, I'm going to go to, um, say, Unplugged, and um, yeah, it'd be good to have something new, you know, so you know, get your ass in gear and get right. It's a good prompt, uh, mm. I think, to write, and it's, it's good just hearing other people, really, yeah. just their approaches, you know, just so many different ways of looking yeah no I think that can be really helpful with your own writing seeing what other people are doing and you know I think I mean it definitely inspires me to get going again when I see people getting up there and doing it I mean, I've not read for a long time now but um, I think it's uh, it's definitely helpful to surround yourself with I mean even if people are doing something different from what you're doing I think to surround yourself with people who are doing um, you know creating I find anyway that that's sort of feeds the process. Would you say that that's the same for you? Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think when the groups of people come together, even if they're not all going out for a drink together, mm. um, the more people are together, the more ideas going around. The you know state of flux and things come out of it. It's like um, I don't know, cubism, it was, um, you know, it's the me, Picasso and Brahe, it just happened to me, and then Mm -hmm. it probably happened anyway, but it wouldn't have been as strong, and um, I think often it's uh, not always listening to the poetry, sometimes it's uh, the chat in the pub on. Yeah, definitely. Um, We often find, actually, recording these interviews, that the conversation that happens before and after the interview it's, it's just as interesting. People always say, "Oh, why didn't we start recording then?" <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously wouldn't work as a recording. Just a general conversation. <laughs> yeah, um, talk about the banker of the way here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm interested to find out what other poets you're reading at the moment. Um, whether you've got any any recommendations for the listeners, or if you just want to talk about anything that you're enjoying particularly. Yeah, I've got to recommend a novel I just finished, which is called Canada by uh, Richard Ford. It's one of the best novels I've read in a long time. Just bleak and beautifully written. Um, I've been reading a guy called Alexander. How the hell do you say the last name? Um, Ristovitz. I don't God, know. I'm sure I've got the name wrong. He's an East European poet that's dead. I think he's dead now. And, uh, just really off-centre, fabulistic, surreal, dark stuff. I've been enjoying that. Mm-hmm. Um, and have you met um, a lot of people on the performance circuit, if you will, um, who you've stayed in touch with and whose work you've really got into? Uh, yeah, there's, um, there's a few. Uh, ones like there's um, Michael Winden I think is excellent Mm, and uh, Gareth Lewis who writes under the name Jacob Lewis and uh, he's he's pretty dark as well (coughs) and uh, Donald Dempsey just the the exuberance have you heard him read? I haven't no sort of burly Irish guy with long grey hair just sort of this energy just bouncing out so I'd say they're, they're my top three yeah 
probably think about it and say, oh, why didn't I say that? <laughs> no, that's great. Um, so one thing I did want to ask you, um, a large part of the work that I've heard about you anyway um, seems to be very autobiographical. Um, I'm not sure if that's just the way that you deliver it. <laughs> um, but I'm, I was wondering how how necessary you think it is to embellish the truth uh, if these anecdotes are things you've really lived through um, in order to make a good poem? Um, well, actually, hardly any of them are. And, then, um, and that was the, uh, the earliest stuff. But um, no, none of it's... Uh, none of what I've got. I think autobiography in the sense that things I've been thinking about. No, I, th- I think sometimes someone can say something mm-hmm. and I'll uh, kind of take that or it'd be an ex- you know, exchange. You know, oh, yeah, you know, that could almost have been something. But even that was um, further back when, when I was... Um, when I, uh, at the start, the writing was more what some people call dirty realism. Mm-hmm. And then as time's gone on, it's got a little more off-centre. And... Um, as it's done that, it's become further away from um, what I am, in or rather what I, my um, say physical life. But um, I think uh, poetry for me is uh, rather than examining things, uh, I prefer to explore and just go wherever uh, my mind or imagination takes me. To, uh, I think uh, you could say, you know, to draw, say, a uh, similar painting, that, um, say with naturalistic, realistic painting, you always got gravity, so mm. everything has to be on the ground as a certain weight. And with um, non-objective painting, there's no gravity, or there doesn't have to be, so everything's free, you can do what you like. I think as... Um, one that distances oneself from, say, hard realism, you get more freedom. Mm-hmm. And then if you, um, say, take away the laws of gravity or, or aspects of logic, you have more freedom. Of course, that um, imposes its own rules because there always has to be an internal logic for any uh, work of art to work. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. I'm more interested in exploring than... Exactly. Yeah, well, that's a really, um, a really interesting point. Um, but obviously, you're just a very good storyteller, <laughs> and I believe you. <laughs> um, so perhaps we could have your third and final reading. This is called the stunt. The director wanted me to do it, which I wasn't happy about. I prefer to supervise these days. The scene called for me to jump from an open window. They only had boxes to land on. I wanted foam. They were behind schedule, so I said fine, but this pissed me off. It was unprofessional. And I thought, no what? I'll give them a little scare. I won't get up straight away. Afterward, I lay still. The actor had his close up. I stepped in, the camera behind me. The director called action. I made the jump. Then wait still. Open one eye. But it's not my point of view. It's an overhead shot. 
I see an assistant shake me by the shoulder, then look at the director. Others rush over. I see this from a crane shot now, as it pulls further back. Thank you. Um, so, what have you got going on at the moment, performance-wise? Any events that you're booked for performing at? Any particular products you're working on? Uh, just working on the writing. I've got um, uh, what do you call it? A performance coming up. That's in um, December. At, um, Rich Mix. Uh, that's just readers. But until then. Uh, just doing the open mics. Yeah. And how often do you do the open mics, generally? Uh, generally, I do uh, one a week. Generally, I unplug or I go to um, Platform One. That's a good one. Occasionally, I go to uh, Beyond Words, which is a good bike ride up Gypsy Hill. Um, so, that's it. Thanks very much for listening and see you later.